iPhone 13 is here with better cameras, better video, better battery, better display, pretty much better everything. And I'm gonna give you seven very specific reasons why you might wanna switch or switch back from Android to iPhone and three equally specific reasons why you just might wanna stay with the Pixel or Samsung or OnePlus that brung you. I'm Renee Ritchie, thanks Morning Brew for sponsoring. Let's do this. Now I'll get to exactly why you really might wanna make the switch in an Apple Silicon hot minute. But first, there are a few reasons that might make you wanna stick. Apple is still the only company making iPhones. So if you don't like what Apple's doing, you're just 100% completely out of luck. But with Android, if you don't like what OnePlus did with the 9, it's not a problem. You can pick up what Google did with the Pixel 6. Or if you're bored with black slabs, you can get flips and even folds from Samsung. If lightning just isn't your thing, you can get USB-C. Point being, there's just an endless variety of hardware options out there. And yes, some experiments that Apple is simply not gonna even try and match, either never or just not anytime soon. Same for software and customization. Sure, with the iPhone, you can change your wallpaper, your widgets, even use shortcuts to swap up your icons if you're willing to put in the work, but you're still locked to that classic iPhone launcher and grid with nothing like a proper theme kit in sight. But with Android, Android isn't your dad, your mom, your parent. Android just isn't the boss of you, no matter how much the Google Play APIs increasingly try to make you clean your room. You can customize, you can theme, you can make the material you, which is legit terrific looking, but you can also make your system font Comic Sans, if that's exactly the type of monster you wanna be. And while some people just want their phones to work for them, if you're willing to put in the work for your phone, the more time and effort you put in, just the weirder and wilder you can make that Android experience. There are two types of apps on Android that you just can't even get on the iPhone. The first is real game streaming services like Google's own Stadia or Microsoft's Game Pass. And that means you can stream the latest games as easily as you stream the latest TV shows and movies from Netflix or Disney Plus. But with Apple, not so much. They're bizarrely stuck in the past on this point and every app is stuck in the store. So fingers crossed that changes in soon, but for now there's just absolutely no joy. The second type of app that you can get on Android that you just can't get on the iPhone is, yeah, antiviruses. But Android also lets you sideload, which means you can install apps from the web instead of the Google Play Store. You'll get all sorts of warnings about safety and security because it is a huge risk and there's tons of malware out there, hence antivirus apps, but you absolutely can do you. now. Switching to the iPhone has more than a few quad major advantages too. You can get really, really good, really, really small iPhones. There's the iPhone 13 mini, which takes everything that was great about the one-handed iPhone 12 mini and adds a way better camera and way longer battery life. It has gone from a daytimer to an all-dayer, all-nighter maybe, packing every single feature from the full-size 13 into a body small enough to fit into your change pocket or clutch, which is something that's just not easy to find from any other vendor anymore. And if you just don't wanna pay that much for that small a phone, there's also the iPhone SE 2, which has an iPhone 8 design, complete with home button and touch ID, but with iPhone 11 internals. So it's still plenty small and plenty fast, not compared to the latest iPhones, sure, but still compared to a lot of the latest Androids. Because of the way they're engineered, like from the beginning of time engineered, iPhones just tend to run smoother for longer and better than Android phones, even with far fewer resources, because iOS and iOS apps run natively on the iPhone, not through an interpreter like Android and Android apps. The code uses active release instead of garbage collection and every bit of it was written specifically exactly for the device it runs on. There's no overhead meant to cover every quirk of 
every possible different device from every possible different vendor. Apple also still makes the highest performance processors, calibrates everything about the display and imaging pipeline at the factory, custom designs every power management and audio system, and the list just goes on and on and on. And the results are, if you just look at the specs and see four to six gigabytes of RAM or a physically smaller battery or 120 Hertz refresh rate or a non-pixel bin, non-periscope camera, you still get the highest quality, best experience using an iPhone. They load and scroll and last and shoot way better than a similarly or even much higher spec Android device. And if you're on Android outside of China with very, very few exceptions, you're on Google. And that's totally fine for a lot of people, great even for many people. Google makes it so that you can pick up almost any Android device, log in with your account and be up and running just lickety split. With an iPhone, you can use your Apple ID, which you might already have from iTunes back in the day or an iPad now or whatever, and be up and running every bit as quickly. But if you love you some Google and wanna stick with all of their services as well, that's just fine, that's dandy. Download any or all of the plethora of iOS apps that Google provides from Gmail to YouTube, Maps to Chrome, and log into any of them with your same Google ID, and Google will very helpfully just try to log you into everything else using that ID. Because iPhone users still provide so many, so valuable eyeballs, so much money for Google, that Google makes damn sure they're all over the iPhone. And for anything you may have on your Android phone that's not on Google, Apple has a switch to iOS app right on the Google Play Store that'll help you move just all of that content just all the way over as well. And Google on the iPhone works really, really, really well. So well that you can legitimately make an argument that the iPhone plus Google apps is simply one of the best Google experience phones on the market. Best hardware, best services, best combo since peanut butter and chocolate. Even better than some, maybe many Android phones. But, <laughs> ginormous but, if you don't like Google and you're outside China, using Android is tough. Google has their hooks deep in the OS, even further down than the Google Play APIs, which let modern Android phones be modern Android phones. So even if you go out of your way to avoid Google services, Android is essentially the mother, the father, the parent of all Google services. And that means you can make the iPhone into a really top flight Google phone if you want to, but you can also make it only partially a Google phone, use apps without logging in or just no Google phone at all, just avoid all of their apps entirely. If you don't like Google's privacy policies or security track record, if you hate the idea of data harvesting and exploitation and surveillance capitalism or whatever, you can avoid Google services completely, absolutely. You can stick to Apple's apps if you want, use a mix of indie apps, or even go all in with Microsoft Edge or Outlook, because yes, you can make the iPhone into a pretty damn great Windows phone too, RIP. The point is, you get to choose. If the Google services just aren't worth the intrusions into your privacy, you can go completely without them and not miss a beat. Same with Facebook. If you want to, you can absolutely deck out your iPhone with all the Facebook, I mean meta apps that you want to. The big blue one, Messenger, WhatsApp, Instagram, Oculus, and they all work great on the iPhone, better even than any other phone. That's the reason you so often see celebrities with Android endorsements, even other media teams at other Android makers accidentally posting their Android ads from the iPhone. Same with TikTok. It's why you see iPhones in the hands of so many of the biggest creators on the biggest platforms. But like with Google apps, you also have the option of just saying no, hell no, to Facebook apps, even apps using the Facebook SDK, using any invasive SDK now, especially with app tracking transparency. You can stop them literally in their tracks. 
They're tracking tracks. You can also choose to back up online with the speed, simplicity, and ease of Apple's iCloud if you want to. They can also go all Battlestar Galactica, all Matrix hardline, and just use good old fashioned USB to your Mac or your PC if you want to instead. Ever notice that the one app where Google's openness ends and hard is the Pixel camera app? Just like Apple won't put iMessage on Android, Google won't put the Pixel camera app on iPhone or other Android phones for that matter. And seriously, totally, I do not blame them at all. Companies tend to keep closed what makes them money and open up what makes their competitors money. It's why AdSense is closed and Safari is open. And the Pixel camera is absolutely terrific. It routinely outshoots the monstrous glass that Samsung and Huawei keep bolting on their phones like alien facehuggers. But Apple's also doing something really special with their cameras as well, with hardware like in-body image stabilization or IBIS to ProRAW to color matching not just between cameras, but through the entire imaging pipeline from capture to display and computational photography that's built into the silicon. So a lot of it runs in real time, like a real camera in the live view, instead of being shunted off to a post process and it launches fast and saves every frame. So you never miss a shot. And Apple still has the best video in the business, now up to Dolby Vision HDR in 4K60 with ProRes as well. Likewise, the depth and quality of photo and video apps on the iPhone is simply unmatched, maybe unmatchable, given it's just easier to make apps for hardware as consistent as the iPhones. And sure, everyone talks about the value and power of Apple's ecosystem, but it's for a reason. When you buy an iPhone, you also get all the free apps Apple makes for it. Free as in free, not free as in your data including the iWork Suite, GarageBand, iMovie, and more, plus all the free training and courses they offer, not just at Apple stores, but increasingly online as well, and through education. There are still more better third-party apps sooner, and for a variety of reasons, not much of that is likely to change just anytime soon. You can use iMessage and FaceTime for end-to-end encrypted text and audio video chats. They're not cross-platform, which is super frustrating, but they work great, and if you need cross-platform, Again, you can get anything from Facebook Messenger to Facebook WhatsApp to Google Meet, Hangout Duo to Microsoft Skype and Teams to Signal to Discord to everything. And then there's the Apple Watch, which is the best wearable on the market. So much so, it pretty much is the market. And AirPods, which have become so popular, they're basically a meme. If you have a Mac or iPad, Continuity lets you share cellular data, copy and paste clipboards, and even sync not just data, but state between apps. So you can put down a half written email on your iPad, pick up your iPhone, swipe, and just keep typing that email. And of course, AirDrop, which lets you send files back and forth so quickly and easily, you literally start feeling lost without it. And with the Apple Silicon Macs now, you have laptops that are as fast as some workstations with all day battery life, totally, completely, and always in sync with your iPhone. Plus, you don't just get security updates, but full-on software updates in every country, on every carrier, all the time, at the same time, for years, four to five years now, which is something really only Google is even starting to try and match. What that means is, if you decide to stay with the iPhone that you bought for many, many years, you get a lot more value in the long run. And if you decide to sell it or trade it in, you get a lot more value at sale or at trade-in as well. And that's true with a $400 iPhone SE and with an $1,100 iPhone 13 Pro Max. Now, I get it, I totally get it. What one person finds focused and consistent, another can find tunnel vision, even boring. One person's security and protection can be another person's straitjacket. 
each advantage can be a disadvantage. End of the day, you have to pick the best phone for you. But the good news is, no matter which one you choose, you can always get the internet's absolute best newsletter for free with today's sponsor, Morning Brew. And in just five minutes, it gives me, you, everyone, all the latest in business, tech, entertainment, you name it, everything you need to start your day smart. And it's not just that Morning Brew is impeccably curated with the most important stories, though it is, and always arrives ready to read right before you wake up, though it does, it's just so well-written, snappy, informative, irreverent, energetic, and yeah, completely 100% free, seven days a week, Monday through Sunday. Just click the link in the description to get your daily stonks and crypto highlights and stories like today where I learned all about Disney Plus slowing growth and what Apple going all in on 5G really means for investors. It's morning brew, it's free, it takes all of 15 seconds to subscribe, and it starts your day off smart. Just hit the button on the screen or click the link in the description, and not only will you get a free newsletter you'll actually read, but one you'll consistently enjoy. And clicking on that button really helps out the channel. And so does hitting up the playlist above for everything on the iPhone 13, in-depth reviews, comparisons, features, all of it. So just hit up that playlist and I'll see you in the next video.